When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drink it in now. Back, pressure card. Gonna get hit. Gonna go down. Sack back outside the 50-yard line. Ziggy did it. Drink it in now. He's got a man wide open. Golden at the 10. Golden at the 5. Golden to the house. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. There it is! Been looking for that all night! Cornbread! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? We are back. And I'm back here with Grifka, and I don't have to yell at him on this episode. Grifka, what's going on? Nothing, buddy? man. I've just been skywalking on my haters, so uh, that's uh, we have to. Uh, <laughs> you might be one of them, so uh, let's keep this one friendly this time. You're getting up our, uh, our young demo with those kind of uh, spitting those kind of words, Grifka. I didn't know you were that you were that hip to the scene. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? I don't know, man. Maybe <laughs> trying to channel my my little my little Tim. My you know. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna tell, uh, don't at Grifka on Twitter, but Grifka doesn't have Twitter, never will, and I can't get him to get on social media barely at all. So you can't yell at him on Twitter, folks. Sorry, maybe someday. But uh, yeah, we had our, we had our argument last, uh, last week, man. Worked our way through it. Gave that recap of San Francisco. Answered some questions this week, Grifka. I can't believe it's already week three of the NFL season. There's no way we thought our Lions would be 0-2 and looking as bad as they have kind of through the majority of these first two games. Um, but I'm here to say, man, we uh, we are here at week three. This is a game we really had circled on our schedule of, wow, Patriots coming to Detroit, Sunday night football, at Ford Field, thought we'd be 2-0 and maybe, and uh, – big football game and now we're 0-2 it's still a heck of a big football game the Patriots are coming off of a loss everybody we're just going to dive right in this game and start previewing it so I'll, I'll uh, flip it to you Grifka Patriots coming to town Belichick versus Patricia Lions Patriots what are you thinking this is going to be a tough one I know we had talked about this when we were previewing the season a while back and it seems like the uh, the understudies of Bill Belichick never fare too well against him when they go head-to-head. I'm not quite for sure how many wins Eric Mangini had against him. I know he had at least one, and that just, you know, you know just made Belichick pretty mad. But um, I'm not quite for sure, you know, if, you know, what, Cro- you know, Roman Cronell or uh, was it, uh, gosh, you know, Charlie Weiss or even Bill O'Brien is doing against him. But it just seems like his understudies, uh, he – either knows their tendencies, knows what they're going to do, and he seems to handle them pretty well. So I'm 
I don't know, really. I want to be, you know, Johnny Blue Skies with this game, but this is just going to be a real tough one for them. I mean, the Patriots are coming off a loss against a very tough Jacksonville team. And was it, uh, I think I read recently that Tom Brady has only lost, you know, back to back games during the regular season like that. And only a couple times in his starting career, you know, maybe like, a, you know, just like twice during his whole career, he's lost back to back games. So, um, that uh, it's one of those things where it's going to be a, you know, a very tough, you know, tough climb to uh, come away with a W on this one. And, you know, it's another one of those nationally televised games. It's Sunday night and, uh, and hopefully it's not, you know, uh, you know, like week one when they were on the big stage and hopefully they can uh, turn it around this week. And uh, that defense finally starts to come together. So, uh, um, I guess I'll just have to check out the Patriots roster to see who the no-name guys are who might have big weeks. Yeah, let me jump in there. Like, uh, from my perspective, you know, last week we talked a lot about, like, being a true fan, hanging in there, not wanting to quit on this team. And But, like I say, I call a spade a spade, too. Like, to me, this is a – we knew this would be a tough game from the time the schedule came out. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, it's never easy going to get up against the probably the greatest quarterback and the greatest head coach of all time. I think it comes down to two things, and this is why I'm, you know, I'm still going to be rooting my tail off for the Lions. I think they have the ability to win this football game, but to me it comes down to two things. And they don't marry up well in regards to, um, you know, how this game may pan out because I think – the Patriots are not only coming off a loss. You you said the stat, you know, they don't win. They don't lose multiple games too often. But the thing that I'm pointing to is like, I like their, their overall offense with, they have good running backs that can catch and they have a tight end. That's almost unguardable. And I feel like the lions don't cover the running backs well in the past game or the tight ends. So those, those two things are not good when it's the strength of one team and one of the big weaknesses of another. So, in order to win this game, not only are we going to have to rattle Tom Brady, but we're going to have to guard guys like James White out of the backfield so he can't catch that little screen or arrow route and house it on us. Really got to get the run fits, as we talked about last episode, cleaned up where, you know, Sony Michelle, James White, all these different, uh, you know, I think Burkett will probably be in there too. Like, we can't have these guys creasing us for big yards. So, that's going to be really important on both sides of the ball. It's, you know, the Patriots' defense overall doesn't scare me. Like, I think this is a game where the Lions can not only put up some points, but they've had two kind of rough efforts offensively. I think we'd be due for a, a nice shootout or a nice bit of points going up on the board for the Lions. But, you know, will they be able to put up those stops and will they be able to – contain a guy like Gronkowski. I mean, I just see him having a big game along with, you know, if we don't give up a couple of those big plays, you know, that's what worries me the most. Yeah, that's uh, a, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. You having to uh, guard uh, the running backs a little better. And like you said, it just seems like we never guard tight ends very well. And Gronkowski, Gronkowski is pretty much like the uh, alpha male, you know, right now of tight ends, you know, guarding him. I guess my question is to you, one thing I want to pose to you is uh, we all seen the uh, headline in the news. We've read about it. Then uh, the Patriots trading, what you know, pretty much a bag of beans for uh, Gordon from the uh, Cleveland Browns. I know to counteract that with, you know, not knowing what Slay is going to be able to, you know, if he's going to be able to play this week or not with his concussion. Um, the Lions signed what uh, they got Deshaun Shed back, even though they cut him, you know, in the, you know, 
final cut day. Uh, do you think they'll be? You think Gordon's even going to have an impact? You know, being like he just made the, you know, he just made it onto the roster what Tuesday or something like that. Do Do you think he's going to do anything, or is it's going to be one of one of those things again where you know we're going to have to worry more about like the running backs and the tight ends, or do you think Gordon's actually going to do something? Yeah, I mean, Slay being out is going to be an issue. I don't think he'll he'll be rebounding time to play. But to me, I've always kind of rolled the dice on Josh Gordon over the years after he had that big year. I think it was his first or second year in the league. He really blew up. And then I rolled the dice in fantasy a couple times and got burned because he just kept being a fool off the field. And every time I thought, like, okay, he can't mess up another time, right, he would. So I've kind of given up on him. No, I don't want to say that. Like, you know, I hope the guy personally does well, but it's from a football perspective, like, you know, him just coming to the Patriots, I think they'll, they'll, if he does play, they'll like feature him in a way that could hurt us because he's such a deep threat and kind of a physical specimen. Two things that again, don't bode that well for the lions are these big physical receivers or these guys that can just go up over the top and score. So, I mean, I'm really hoping he doesn't have one of those house call type touchdowns where the whole league is talking about, Oh, look at the, look at the Patriots. They, they swipe this guy for a late fifth and he, he blew up against the lions. And then there, that's the talk of the town come. But I see if he does suit up, just having a few things set up for him. And uh, hopefully that we'll be able to defend it. But yeah, I mean, I could see him having a, a big touchdown or a big long play, which, you know, again, that's pretty much all it would take for everybody to talk about him. But, you know, with that being said, Grifka, one thing I want to ask is, again, I've mentioned on multiple podcasts, like not saying that we should have went out and got Josh Gordon, but we're never in on any of these deals, which like you said, if he goes and flames out and has another drug positive drug test in new england is it really that big of a deal for a conditional fifth where he has to play 10 games for them to even give up the pick like to me if we did need a receiver or if we were in this situation where he was a little bit better fit we gotta start getting in on some of this stuff man all these guys are going for nothing in the nfl and we're just standing pat and this guy's young he makes no money like, it was just another one where I was just thinking, man, what if Golden Tate or somebody was hurt or we knew we weren't going to resign him? Why would you not try to get in on this guy and just hope it works? Yeah, it's just they always seem to be the, the house standing by the side of the road, just letting the, all the NFL players, you know, that are like out there passing by because they're almost, it always seems like they're afraid to give those draft picks prior to the draft. Then in the draft, they're more than willing. It's like, oh, we got to jump up and take this guy. So we're going to give you our our fifth round this year and our fourth next year to move up, you know, in the fourth round to take some guy who may be okay, you know, as opposed to, I mean, you know, Gordon's not a superstar, but he's he's almost had that potential, you know, to be that. But like you said, he kind of keeps tripping over himself. And I know we talked about the Khalil Mack trade where it's like our two first round picks, you know, that, you know, is, is that, you know, too much given up for him? It's just like, you know, based on where they're at, you know, really, I mean, are are you going to be able to get something like that later? I mean, so it just always seems like the Lions hold on to the draft picks, you know, while they're looking for players. But then come the draft, they're always more than willing just to just disperse those late round picks to move up, you know, five spots to get some guy who's just another guy. And so, real quick, uh, real quick on Khalil Mack, because like this would probably be the last time I'll talk about him in regards to that trade. But 
Grifka, that dude's a freaking wrecking ball. Like, we've seen it in two games now. He was at the perfect position, at the perfect age. I don't like the ridiculous contract they had pretty much had to give him. But other than that, I mean, this guy's going to be a terror to deal with for the next five, six, seven years, however long he dominates at the defensive end type position for Chicago. Right, and, and right now... it was exactly what we needed, you know? Right, like and, right now, those... and right now, he was good before, and he's... You know, he's great before, and he's getting even better because right now he's playing with that chip on his shoulder to prove John Gruden wrong. So right. it makes him even more dangerous. He's not a guy who was a free agent and went out and got paid. He was a guy who's just like, trade me because I can't freaking stand you. And it's like, oh, we don't need you here. We're going to trade you. Good. Now I'm going to show you what you're missing. And that's and that that makes him extremely dangerous. On before was a completely average team, and I'm not saying the Bears are like Super Bowl contenders now, but they could do some damage, as opposed to what you know we thought of them before. Yeah, yeah, it's a big upgrade. So let me get back to what you said too about Josh Gordon and can he impact this game? A, the thing I want to ask you is like, well, let me put this out first. I don't want to be that Lions fan again that I beat up last episode of where like, woe is me or thinking the worst. But one big question I have on my brain for this game or hope is that I don't want to get beat up by the Patriots in our house and have everybody looking at the Lions at 0-3, another game that we lose by double figures and don't look sharp. Like that's another reason why we have to, it's got to be better. Like it's got to be better this week because that's my biggest fear is that Josh Gordon catches a 50 yard touchdown. Sony Michelle has his breakout party. Tom Brady's Tom Brady and we can't stop anybody. And it just gets ugly. And I do not want that to happen, but there's a little bit in me that says it's not out of the realm of possibilities, especially the way that they've been playing the first two games. I agree with you on that. That's where, this is one of those games. It's like I know it's a Sunday night game, and I got to work Monday morning. It's just like, you know, you you want to you want to heckle me for about Quentin in the second quarter. But depending on what that scores in the second quarter, you know, it's just like oh, so I have to get up for work Monday morning. Is this even going to be worth staying and you know staying up for it? You know, but uh, it seems like the Patriots have that in them to like like I said, they've, we've played them before, where it's just like okay, we're just going to come out and whoop your butt from the start. We're not going to toy with you. We're not going to play around. This game's going to be over by halftime, and we know it, and you're going to know it. And the Patriots have that in them to do that. And, like, I know when we were previewing the season, we we, I, we were talking about the Patriots game, and I said it seems like the Patriots early in the season always have that game where you expect them to win it, and they always go out and they throw they, they, they lay an egg. It's either against – it's usually – it's always seemed it was always against, like, Buffalo or Miami, but maybe it was that Jacksonville game. Just to kind of like, you know, you know, shake them into like, you know, back into like, hey, you guys are still beatable. So, you know, now they're all like, you know, OK, now we got to show the team that we're the we got to show the NFL we're the Patriots again. So we're going to come out and just, you know, you know, put a whooping on Detroit. So you're right. That is definitely out there. Yeah, I'm worried that this game is going to be over by halftime. And Chris Collinsworth has fallen in love with, you know, Tom Brady doing the RPO, even though I don't think Tom Brady's ever done an RPO in his life because, he, you know, nobody's going to fear Tom Brady running. So, uh, but I, I know Chris Collinsworth is going to use that term during the game probably about 10 times. So, uh, um, yeah, that's my biggest fear is that the Patriots is coming and just lay the lumber from the jump and the Lions have no answer at all. And, and this game's out of hand, you know, come, you know, come halftime. 
So Grifka, with that being said, let's let's put something on the table right now. Like we already had our big battle last episode, but to build off that, can I get you to somewhat agree right now that if this game starts out a little rocky, that you're not gonna jump off the ship too early. If this game is a little rough from up till halftime, but it's not out of reach, that you're gonna hang in there and just still believe that hey. It's it's twenty one, you know, ten. It's not over. It's not a terrible game yet. Well, can can I at least get that from you so that we can hang in there and root this team on? Because yeah, I agree. If it gets out of hand, like you can say so and I'll I'll agree with you. But until it does or until we're totally out of a game, you gotta start you gotta hang in there on this one and the ones moving forward. Right. And as much as we're like saying we hope we don't get blown out of this and the other, like let's flip the coin too and tell the people again, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. They don't want to hear the, the woe is me and this, that, and the other. Like I want to talk too about why we can win this game and why everyone knows and thinks we can't, but there's no reason we can't score on them and play better defense and win a big home game that would really flip everybody around to all the haters would be like, wow, they just beat the Patriots in Ford field. Like then you'd have everybody back on the other side of the coin. So, right. I mean, I agree with you. Usually when I'm, when I'm watching those games and it gets to be a, you know, a certain score and, and then I'm always thinking, okay, if the lines are by, you know, within this amount, by this time left, they have a chance. If they're, you know, if they're down by 14 going into the fourth, but they have the ball and they're driving, you know, going, you know, late in the third and, you know, going to the fourth, it's like, okay, now if they score if with like 12 minutes left, you know, they'll only be down by seven. So that's good. You know, but then, you know, I'm always playing that game in my mind. It's just like, okay, if they're with this, they're this, they're this. But it's like one of those things where like if the Patriots by 14 at halftime, it's just like, oh, it's not looking good. And then they go out in the third quarter and then the Patriots, you know, you know, they're just running the ball and they go up by 21 going into the fourth. It's just like, yeah, okay. I mean, there's no way I'm just like thinking, okay, well, if they score here, you know, this, this score, you know, there's a point where it's just like, you just need to cut it out. And that's where like, okay, that's where I'm going to jump ship. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll agree with you. If it's starting to look bad early, I'll give it some time because I'm always that guy. It's like, okay, if they're within X amount of points with this much time left, they still have a chance. But if it's one of those things are down by 14 at halftime. Patriots get the ball first and their first drive, they just march down the field again. They're down by 21 with 12 minutes left in the third. You know, it's it's not looking good at that point. <laughs> yeah, but see, like, that's where I got to stop you again because you said, well, then I'll, I'll jump ship or, like, I'll wait a little bit. Like, I thought we, we argued and yelled at each other enough that we can't have you jumping ship. Like, you can, in your mind, think if it gets ugly, okay, this game, we're not going to be able to come back. But you – I can't have you – them getting beat by – again, we don't think or want this to happen, but – down 21 starting the fourth quarter. Okay, not only is this game over, but the season's over. Um, They're the worst team I've ever seen. Like, I'm telling you that this is a game you have to mentally tell yourself going into it that you got to hang in there through. There's going to be some rough moments in this game. We're going to get scored on. Tom Brady is going to slice and dice. I have really no doubt about it. He's going to have at least three or four touchdowns. But, like – I'm just saying you got to get your head mentally right that you're going to have to hang in there. And uh, even if it's a bad loss, like, okay, we can rebound against Dallas at least, and then go have a pretty big game against, against Aaron Rodgers. Like those are the kind of things you got to almost figure out ahead of time because it's going to be tough, but um, you know, I don't want, I don't want you doing the same old song and dance if they do get down 21 because it's just one game again. I mean, this is an important game. If you go down 0-3, you don't make the playoffs in the NFL. But, 
you know, 0-3 also is in the end of the end of the year. It's the third game. It's not even a quarter of the way through the season. So I'm putting those thoughts in your head now so I don't have to yell at you via text on Sunday about it. Okay. <laughs> so let's so, do this. Uh, we, we just talked about doom and gloom. So what do the Lions have to do to win this game? Why don't you start and we'll go with that. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I think they're going to have to uh, win it in a shootout. I think it's going to have to be like – 38-31 or 41-38 or, you know, 31-28. You know, it's going to have to be up in the upper 20s, upper 30s, or even more to win this football game. And, again, it comes down to number nine. I think we're going to um, feed – I don't know if we're going to. I think that we have to uh, feed and pound on Johnson, as I continue to say. I'm just waiting for it to finally happen. I'm talking 20 to 25 carries as well as Matt Stafford probably throwing the ball 40 times. And I think this is a game your offense has to win. I don't expect the defense to be that good. I mean, I expect them to give up at least, you know, 20, 24, 28 points at a minimum. So offense score more than the Patriots defense, make a few timely plays, whether it be pick fumbles, whatever you got to do to get a couple turnovers and, and win it that way. Yeah, I think a couple things. I mean, the biggest thing is, like you said, I think is is feed carry on. To be honest with you, I know Legarrette Blunt's going to be one of those guys. Like, I used to pay for the Patriots. I want to want to show them I still got you know gas left in the tank. But like we talked on the last podcast, I believe carry on's probably the best running back on the team right now as an overall back. You know, I I believe once again Theo Riddick has better receiving skills, even though we didn't show that too much late in the game against San Francisco. But um, I think. Receiving wise, he's better than at that, but uh, and we know Carrion's not a thumper that Legarrette Bunt's supposed to be. But I think overall game, what the game they bring to the game, Carrion's probably the best running back on the team. So I think he's need he starts to need to get most of the majority of carries on that. Um, biggest thing is I think they're going to have to get in Tom Brady's face. Um, I think he's one of those quarterbacks. He's not mobile. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he's not even like Dan Marino wasn't mobile, but he could at least step up in the pocket and, you know, had a very quick release. It's just Tom Brady. I think he does everything with his smarts. Really. He's, he's one of those guys. He's not, he's not rolling out and, you know, making extending plays. That's not what Tom Brady does. So we, the lines are going to have to come up with a defensive scheme to really get in his face. And, you know, Tom Brady's seen a lot. He's, you know, done a lot. So, you know, making him, you know, worry or rattle him is going to be really difficult. It's just got to be one of those things where you're going to have to get in his face and he's going to have to get rid of the ball quicker than what he wants to and let those plays develop. So that's, uh, I think the biggest things that they're going to need to do is that they're going to have to like really get carry on the ball and, you know, get in Tom Brady's face, you know, on the defense and, uh, you know, Stafford, you know, just make the, make the plays. Don't try to do too much. Just play within your game and yourself and, you know, don't turn the ball over. Don't be fumbling the ball when nobody's around you for five yards. And let's not be trying to throw that ball into tight windows and uh, when, you know, three, four guys are standing around your wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's not the most athletic freak, but he's he's got the best pocket presence I've ever seen in the game. I mean, the guy stands there like a statue, moves left, right, just throws BBs all over the field. He doesn't seem any older to me. Every time I look at him, he looks the same as he did 10 years ago. He throws the ball the same, if not better. So, I mean, all those things worry me. My thing I want to hit on, I mentioned it in my why they could win or how they could win, 
but talk to me about turnovers, Griff. I feel like if we went back and did a bunch of, of research, when the Lions win, and again, I've probably said this in the past, but I'm going to say it again, it proves true almost every time. When the Lions win or when the Lions are good, it all comes down to turnover ratio. When they win the turnover battle, they win football games. When they lose it, they don't. And and that's what most NFL games come down to. If you really want to break it down to one or two stats, to me, that's the biggest stat in the game is did you win or lose the turnover battle? And nowadays, how'd your quarterback play? You know, that w- those are the two things that kind of dictate ball games. So how the heck are we going to get turnovers on Tom Brady or like jarring the ball loose on running backs? Like how the heck are we going to do that? Because if we get zero turnovers and no pressure, I mean, it's, it's game over. I don't see too many picks coming out of Tom Brady. I mean, I know he's had a game where he throws like one or two here. And I think, I don't know if that's a bad read or just the defender making the play on it. I think it's going to have to be some of those turnovers where, you know, like, you know, Glover Quinn does an excellent job at punching the ball out. I think they're going to have to be turnovers like that, either after a wide receiver gets the ball or, you know, hitting a running back, you know, and jarring the ball loose and coming up with a turnover that way. I just, it just doesn't seem like, Tom Brady's one just to, you know, just throw the ball around and zing it and try to fit in tight windows. You know, he's, he's very methodical. Like you said, he's, he's, he's smart. He's just not just going to throw the ball around to uh, just to throw the ball around. So it, I think they're going to have to be like fumbles for, for turnovers in this game, as opposed to trying to get interceptions from Tom Brady. See, the thing is though, with that, it's not always the like, Oh, Tom Brady just threw it right to, you know, Quandre or, or right to, um, you know, Nevin Lawson, one of these guys. Like, to me, a lot of the turnovers you see in the NFL are all these freak plays, you know, the tip ball that just goes up in the air when your guys gets it, or some random receiver just doesn't doesn't hold the ball well and you force the fumble. You know, Tom Brady, just we get great rush off the edge, and he didn't do anything really wrong, but he didn't feel it for whatever reason, and we just blow him up and the ball get the ball out, like – you know, we can get some of those rather than the, wow, I can't believe Tom Brady just threw it right to us. Cause like you said, that's not going to happen. But one thing I want to hit on, I just thought about it as I was going through some of our DVs, you know, Grifka that since day one, since he signed here, that GQ Glover Quinn has been my guy on this team. I got the Jersey. I got it signed. I've always repped him. He's come through every year. Like, I have serious issues with him in the first two games, not only with missed tackles, sometimes what appeared to be almost like a lack of effort and a lack of like want to, to get in the play or get a guy down. And I'm not seeing that speed to both read a route or to chase some of these guys down. I'm not seeing anything. I don't know what's up with this guy because he's always been like one of the smartest guys, one of the hardest workers. I don't know if it's just two games or if he like really is that, that DB that hit what 32 some years old and probably just fell off a cliff. I mean, talk to me about Glover Quinn is, is he just been off the first two games or be replaced sooner than later? Because we just gave him a big deal, but we've got Quint, uh, we got uh, Tracy and we've got a lot of guys on that back end that might, you know, be more athletic and younger. I mean, what are you seeing out of this guy? Yeah, I'm hoping it's just that he's off a little bit in these first couple games because you're right. Generally, when guys hit a certain age, it seems like when they fall, they fall hard and fast. And that's, uh, I guess, you know, after, you know, 
you know, four or five games, we'll be able to tell which one it is. Maybe it's one of those things he does get it turned around. And so it's like, yeah, that's all it was. He was just off, you know, okay, he's good. We're, we're back to good with him. But if it's one of those things where his play continues to where it's at, where it seems like, you know, step or two slow, misreading the play, you know, not doing the things he used to do, it could be one of those things that age is finally catching up with him. And, uh, you know, he's uh, could be one of those guys that uh, you start to wonder, just like, you know, are we going to keep him around, you know? So, uh uh, I think, you know, after the first quarter of the season, after the fifth game of the year against Miami, we'll be able to tell it's just like, yeah, he's uh, he's just long in the tooth and it's, you know, the game's past him. But uh, I, I'm hoping it's just that he's just off a, a little bit because he's come up with some big plays, timely plays for these guys, for the Lions over the last few years. Yeah, and the only thing I want to add on GQ is, like, I, I've watched his interviews the last few years and he's always the guy that takes, I mean – Sometimes it's almost kind of ridiculous. He'll take like 15, 20 minutes with the media, just stand there and answer every question, which we always, you know, he's a stand-up guy. He's just by his locker every week, no matter what, answering questions. But, like, I'm really fearful. And, again, GQ, like, you know, you're one of my favorite players on the team, and I don't want to, like, say that you're done or whatever, but – I feel like he was the Caldwell guy of all Caldwell guys. And when Caldwell left, he had like a burr under his saddle of like, how dare they get rid of my guy. But I think he was only like Caldwell's guy because he didn't work them that hard. So like a veteran's going to love that. And he, he had the same like GQ and Caldwell have the same type of mentality, um, personality. If I had to guess, you know, from a, just a, yeah, they're good leaders, but they're kind of quiet and they're just, you know, those kind of those kind of guys. So like, I feel like when I've heard his interviews this year, he's been the guy saying, "Well, you know, people might be uh, not loving the coach," and then he'll throw like, "But that happens with all new coaches." Oh well, you know, um, you know, I I might have lost a step, but I don't think I did. You know, he'll say little things, and to me, it's just a guy that he already got his contract. His coach got booted who he loved. A new guy came in and is kicking him in the rear along with everybody else. And so he doesn't love that. And he sees guys bearing down his neck. I mean, Quandre's young, Tracy's young, Tavon knows this system really well. Uh, he got a couple other guys in the mix or, or whatever. So I just really hope he's not that guy that sees the writing on the wall, feels like he got paid because he's got great instincts. He's a, has been and hopefully still will be a great leader on this team and we need a guy like that on this defense so I don't want him to be checked out I don't want to have him lose a step but his play needs to really increase the next handful of games for this team to win and for him as a player like I don't want to have this discussion again either but I've just been real disappointed in 27 back there on the back end so I just wanted to bring him up on this episode but Grifka, any other big items? I mean, Patriot-wise, like any of those guys on the defense for the Pats you want to talk about? I mean, they've got middle linebackers. They've got some corners and safeties that we got to deal with. I think, once again, the Patriot defense is one of those. The sum of the whole is better than the parts itself. I know they have some decent guys over there, but it just doesn't seem like they have any huge superstars on that defense. And they seem to be uh, – kind of just picking up where they left off, you know, when Matt Pat was there, you know, it's one of those bend dope break defenses. No, against Jacksonville, I saw some of the highlights. They had a couple, uh, 
a couple of missed assignments with Jacksonville speed on offense just really took advantage of the took advantage of that. But I don't know if the Lions have that type of speed. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Matt Stafford's a ten shoulders a better than Blake Bortles, but Jacksonville, the running backs and wide receivers, they they have some burners out there. So I just don't know if the Lions have that to be able to do that. But once again, I think the Patriots defense, once again, there's just the sum of their parts is better than, you know, if they had a couple, you know, all pros out there. You know, so that's what, that's what, how I kind of feel about the Patriot defense this year. Yeah. I, I mean, they have a new coordinator, you know, a lot of their guys don't jump off the page, like name wise, skill wise, but I mean, this team is going to the title game, the Super Bowl every year, and they pretty much have the same of characters. So I'm a little worried about like Claiborne coming off the edge. One guy I like for them is Derek Rivers. They took a couple of years ago and he's been real under the radar, been hurt a little bit, but like he's a guy that I feel might have some pass rush in a game like this high tower, you know, has always been the guy in the middle that doesn't blow you away athletically, but does, you know, get everybody lined up and make some good plays. So, and you got McCordy, Chung, all those guys on the back end that always seem to make plays and whatnot. So, I'm, you know, they got sliced up. I think the last couple games the Patriots did, you know, as far as getting points put up on them and getting some pass and run against them. But this is a game, even though I said the Lions would have to put up points, I mean, it's not a game where I'm thinking this is Swiss cheese defense. I just think it's, if I'm going to pick a way that we're going to have to be productive, it's going to be putting up points against a D like this. But, I mean, I could see them also getting after our quarterback. I mean, we kept Stafford clean last week. This week, you know, there are going to be some edge rushers that aren't the easiest to deal with. And uh, like you say, you just got to be careful when we're slinging the ball around because you got some vets back there that can scheme up some plays against us too to turn the ball over. So, um, you know, I think it's still going to be a test. But, again, I have on my sheet here for this episode about Matt Stafford needs to step up needs to win this game, he's the guy. And I'm still waiting for those those games you can go back and circle years from now and say, oh, remember when he blew up the Patriots on Sunday night when we were sputtering? That was awesome. Or remember when he won in Green Bay in the cold when everything was on the line? You know, we got to get more of that out of number nine. So, you know, he's got to make that New England defense terrible. And I don't think they're terrible, but I think Stafford, if he's on and if these playmakers can get after him, yeah, they can make them look bad in a game like this. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Can we can we get after – I know we sort of talked about it before, but kind of just to, to finish this up here. Can the Lions pass rush get after Tom Brady? Because Ziggy was a limited participant uh, today, I saw – I doubt he plays, and if he does, every time he doesn't really practice, we know we don't get a ton of production out of him. Um, Kerry Hyder, to me, has been non-existent. The only guy that's jumped off the page on the D-line has been my guy, Deshaun Hand, who I was happy they took, and he's actually been a pleasant surprise to me of what he's brought and what I've heard about him through the coordinators and some of the -the behind-the-scenes talk, that he's a hard worker, he's getting the scheme, the technique, all this kind of stuff. So can we get after 12? Because if we can, I mean, I don't want to see him just standing back there with no pressure. Yeah, I'm not quite for sure. I mean, I think they're going to need Ziggy, but – like you like, like said, it just seems like, once again, Ziggy's into his pant. And, you know, I was hurt first game. I'm going to take 10 games off type thing. So, 
once again, it's going to have to come down to the scheme. And I know they schemed up some stuff against San Francisco and they got some pressure, but Belichick's smart enough to realize that stuff's coming. So this is where Matt Pat's going to have to, they're playing that game of chess where he's going to have to come up something different. I don't think, you know, they're going to be able to, well, this worked here. Why don't we try this again? Because I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick has that scouted and already taken care of. So he's going to have to come up with something different. You know, maybe they're going to have to, you know, you know, Kennard's been, you know, coming off the edge. You know, he's been getting a little bit of pressure on the on the quarterback. But um, like I said, Kerry Hyder's been non-existent. I'm starting to think that they're starting to phase him out. But um, mm-hmm. I, I just uh, – you know, you know, Deshaun Hand's been pretty decent on the run, but he still doesn't seem like the guy who's going to be that disruptive in the middle. And Ricky oh, Jean, yeah. yeah, and Ricky Jean is just going to be the run stuffer that they have. So I think they need Ziggy, but if Ziggy's going to be out there, it can't be one of those. You know, he's out there, and then all of a sudden in the first quarter, you know, oh my shoulder, oh it's my knee again, oh it's my ankle, dude. If you're going to play, you have to go hard. And I, I think, I honestly think guys get more injured like when they try not to get injured. And then they do if they just go out there and play. So um, they're going to, you know, Matt Patricia's going to have to come up with some different schemes. I don't think he's going to be able to use the same stuff against San Francisco. Kennard's going to have to have a big game. And um, I think Ziggy has to be out there to get any pressure on uh, on uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, to, to me, you know, I agree with what you said for the most part. I mean – I wasn't saying Deshaun Hand was going to be a big sack man. He just he's he's been making good tackles when they've been there to make a couple t- TFLs, which are always nice to see. Um, to me, you, you called Ricky Jean a run stuffer, and in the first two games, I mean, because of his been. lack of run stuffing or gap uh, integrity, has killed us a couple times. So, and he's the most accountable guy, like one of the most accountable that we have. So he really needs to you know, play his techniques and stay to the scheme to to get that handle as well as probably many other players do. But yeah, I mean Ziggy, I put him in the uh in the new intro music for a reason where Dan Miller does the Ziggy did it because <laughs> we need Ziggy to do it a lot more and a lot more often because when he it usually comes right before some type of ailment or injury and then he doesn't do it for a lot a lot of time, which we we need him as a pass rusher, and I, I'm glad you brought up Kennard as well. Like to me, he's been another pleasant surprise. I like his leadership. I like his ability to get after the quarterback. So that was another positive is having a guy like Devin Kennard on this team. I see some good things. I even saw a few little flashes from Aquara and uh, and Flowers. You know, I, I think that you know those guys will continue to develop, and we might see more as they kind of get acclimated and use their athleticism a little bit more. So that'll be real important uh, across the board. So Grifka, I think we're at that time. Predictions, you know, like I said, I started it off saying this is billed as Matt Pat versus William Belichick, but, um, you know, will Matt Pat be able to hang with the greatest of all time from the coaching position, uh, Bill Belichick, and how do you see this football game turning out from a prediction perspective? Like I had mentioned before, it just seems like Bill Belichick always has his uh, you know, understudies number, no matter uh, how long he's coached against them. It always seems like he comes up with something to uh, you know come out on top. And uh, I, I just don't know if the defense has made enough strides to you know keep this game close all that long. So I honestly, I mean I think this game is going to be 31-17 New England. 
Okay. Um, you know, We've, we've talked about a lot of stuff the last couple episodes and, and like I said, I'm still you know, on the positive side with this team. I'm, I'm seeing it's they got a little bit more ways to go than we hoped as the season kicked off. I mean, if I have to make a prediction, I mean, I think we're going to come up a little short in this ball game too, unfortunately. I hate to say it, but I think it's probably going to be like 31 um, – 31-24 or 31-28, you know, but I'd lean more to like 31-24 or 34-24. Pats, I think that we hang in there. We play good in the beginning. We hang throughout the game, but kind of mid to late fourth quarter, something happens where they get, you know, a 7 to 10 point, um, you know, lead on us, and we just aren't able to get it done, unfortunately. But like I said, I mean, I'll throw that out as a prediction, but I'm definitely going into this game not with the what was me, not with the, you know, we're going to get blown out going in saying, hey, if this team is what we need it to be and it has the players that we hope and think it does, and if Matt Pat can continue to grow as a head coach, this is the kind of game where you have to play solid. You have to – what do the NFL players always say? Hey, I'm just hoping people go out there and can make plays. Well, everybody across the board, offense, defense, special teams, make some – extraordinary unordinary plays in this game that helps you both stay in it or win it and that's what it's going to take in my opinion so I'm looking for um, looking for that from the Lions is a couple people to step up and make a play they normally wouldn't and next thing you know we're looking up at the end of the game the scores in our favor and uh, and we're high-fiving and slapping and feeling good going into the next week I mean that would be ideal but it's going to be tough yeah I think it's going to be a very tough game yeah all right, Grifka. Well, that that being said, I mean, that was our preview of the Patriots. We'll definitely be back next week to sort of break it all down and, and talk about this game. You swore to the Kool-Aid drinkers that you're not going to quit. You're not going to crazy on this team. You're going to hang in there, which is awesome. And I'm going to be positive, but also be real that, yeah, this is no walk in the park. And, and, you know, on paper, I don't see it as being a W, but I sure hope it is. So with that being said, Grifka, we'll be back next week to review this ball game. We'll have our thoughts on the teacher versus student on Sunday night football. We're hoping and praying our Lions can come out with a victory. And again, everybody just share this podcast with people. We're going to keep coming to you and uh, we're going to try to chalk up some W's for this football here soon. So we can have some super fun on this show and like talk about some good things because there is good things to come with this team. So Grifka, with that being said, give the people a drink it in, man, and we'll get out of here. Drinking in, man. <laughs> with that, and with what little Tim would say, we're going to get out. <laughs> okay. This Sunday, I'm going to give you what you crave, what everybody here craves. Drink it in, man.